You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. So I got myself a replica intercontinental championship. So start the show and get into uh, it. Yeah, I want to see your reaction to this. Well, I think he saw it already. Okay. So as you know, Tito Santana beat Greg the Hammer Valentine to win the Intercontinental Championship for the very for the second time in his career. Upon winning that yes. championship, though, that title belt was left in the ring with Greg the Hammer Valentine, and he destroyed it into thousands and thousands of pieces. So on that day, on that hollow day, they decided to give Tito Chico Santana a new title, and this title was then won by a young upstart who made a lot of money down in the Memphis, Tennessee territory in Memphis wrestling. Yes. By the name of Randy Macho Man Savage. And Randy Macho Man Savage, just after having the lovely Elizabeth sign on in his valet, took a brass knuckle to Tito Santana's head while Santana had him in a suplex position. getting this championship. And he held that championship for well over a year, including defeating George the Animal Steel at WrestleMania too. But George the Animal Steel would get his return in WrestleMania number three, wouldn't he? As he helped Ricky the Dragon Steamboat beat Macho Man near Andy Savage. And what many people consider the greatest match of all time, that's where this championship came from. That's where this championship means everything. When you have guys like Macho Man Randy Savage, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Brett the Hitman Hart, Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, the list literally goes on and on. Razor Ramon. And then somehow along somehow along the way, this championship lost its luster. And now the guy who is to not I love the I love the pride on Dana's face while you're just parading around with that man. It's a thing of beauty. I mean, you should literally mow the lawn with that thing on you. He wore it to Wegmans. That's great. There we go. Um, That's excellent. TJ, I actually showed the showed my daughter that picture of you with it, and she just started laughing. <laughs> she's funny. like, "Oh you man!" She's like, he, "She's like, he looks so happy." I'm like, "He is happy." I will. When you look at the when you look about. And of course, I like I like holding it like this. Of course, my favorite. Yeah. You know, the classier people hold it like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like The Rock. The Rock. Bret Hart will yeah. hold it like that. No, Bret Hart held it over yes. his shoulder all the time. Um, mm. Shawn Michaels held it like that. Ric Flair held it like that. Yeah. The big one. We're gonna leave that right there. Yeah. So, I can just sense it. So I can just sense that Dana my, just in my set. Is, invested a little bit more into my set. What do you think of that? Wow. Yeah, that's excellent, man. It's a great, uh, it's a great conversation piece. Uh, I would probably wear it everywhere myself, even corporate meetings, because then they would know the boss is in town. <laughs> I should wear it to the post office. Yeah, you should. Nobody's going to question your authority if you have that. I'm just strolling with it on my neck like a handbag. Yeah. yeah. Be like, who's up for a challenge? Let's cut this from. 
Maybe you didn't understand one thing. When you're looking at the Intercontinental Champion, when I tell you to deliver mail to 2B, you're going to deliver mail to 2B. You are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for the intelligent wrestling fan. And here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Valley and Vlad the Impaler. High Spots and Cheap Pops. And the excitement from this past week is echoing all over my body. Vlad the Impaler on the other side. I'm Silicon Steve Valley. We're going to be talking about pretty much AEW, and we're going to touch on Shane McMahon and probably one of the top 10 promos of all time on Monday night. It was excellent. And we're going to get into that. to make fun of that, but let's start with Sunday night and AEW Revolution. One for the books. A absolute, ste- absolute stellar pay-per-view until the absolute last minute of the entire pay-per-view and we know what happened there so vlad you saw it what was your you did not see it you heard the reactions online what was your reaction of what happened well listen i I did see you know some replays of it of course and uh and as i was just about to say listen when you go and hype something up to that extent and there's supposed to be a big payoff as there was supposed to be in that, in that case, and it doesn't go off on live TV. It's it's it is a letdown. Okay, there's no way that you can go and cut it. I mean, truthfully, Eddie Kingston laying on top of Moxley in that manner is just hilarious at this point, and just covering him in that, and just trying to jump on the grenade to go save his buddy and then there's no grenade i mean at this point he's just laying on top of his friend and it's funny so i i mean listen i i i've i've heard good things about the pay-per-view up until that minute it doesn't make it a bad pay-per-view by any means i mean you are probably the greatest wrestling fan i know and did you think the pay-per-view was good i thought if that bomb went off it would have been possibly their best pay-per-view ever that's huge Huge. Okay, so uh, it's not detracting away from AEW, but you know what? When you have a payoff moment like that, I mean, let's be honest. We've seen Vince's limo blow up. We've seen other things explode. Maybe they need to hire the guys that handle the WWE pyrotechnics and then just move along. But um, if you're saying it was a great pay-per-view otherwise, awesome. But the payoff sort of was shitty. Moxley mocked it at the end. We all saw that. Eddie Kingston being there and there trying to take a bullet for his buddy and, you know, just be all yonkers about it. I mean, it's just hilarious <laughs> to me. Well, well, this is what I'm going to say. And this is, I saw the pay-per-view and my wife who doesn't love wrestling the way you and I do, her and I were both on the edge of our seat when Eddie Kingston ran into the ring. First of all, I'm happy Eddie Kingston did that because I called Eddie Kingston's babyface turn, I think, last episode of the episode before that, if you remember. The exact thing that happened, I called. called I called you, AEW, you sons of, you you magnificent bastards. Was that what, uh, is that what? You did uh, call it. I did call it. And that's a big one because no one, I didn't remember anyone saying that. And... Nah, because you made the whole you made the whole correlation about Eddie Kingston being out there 
when uh, Omega won the title from Moxley and you know, sort of surveying the, the you know the, the landscape as that happened and being the only guy out there, I was like, what the hell was that? And definitely it was a good connection that you made there. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I'm not going to go into our choices and our picks too much. Why not? Well, we'll get into it after this. We'll get into it after we talk. About I, I mean, let's, you, you know what? Let's be honest. If you were eight and two like me, that's all we'd be hearing about for the first five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> well, Kelly Williams thinks you're hilarious. That's cool. You got my wife laughing at she, me. She usually she laughs at me when my truth. pants are undone. You know what I mean? I, I get the same thing <laughs> when I beat him in cards. And, and if I beat him in cards, he gets all sour. But if he wins, I don't hear... I don't hear the end of it for hours or sometimes days of his glorious victories. Exactly. You know what? He is probably the worst loser I've ever met in my life. Hours and hours of playing mad and things of that nature. My God. He's just pissed off. He's just smack you around like a little bitch in Madden. <laughs> he didn't. He Actually, did no, that was my later years. I was very dominant in Madden for many years. You may have heard lore about my great Madden playing. Uh, but once I discovered drinking, it was pretty much over. I just I thought that was a lot cooler than the only thing cooler was drinking and playing Madden. That's really how you got laid. I, I yeah, yeah. I mean, because the girls are just lining up when they hear that hear that criteria being laid out. That that, that was I not our friend to, Ray yeah. Pearson's book. You know, think about playing video games and falling asleep on each other while while having a jerk off contest with Jason Cannon. I mean, that combination <laughs> is a real candy dropper. Yeah, oh my God! See. <laughs> Just like Russia, my mother lives in my attic. Those are the two things how I bet started betting my wife. Um, so we had to get back to this. Sorry, folks. We're a little off the rails right now. This is a wrestling show for Christ's sake. Cinemagraphic match was great with Sting. Sting's gonna have a couple of really good years with AEW, you can see. Yeah. Darby Allen apparently did all the heavy lifting in that. And if you ever see one of his videos, it definitely had that yeah. vibe. They had a bunch of street thugs come out dressed like Sting, and then they all disappeared. I don't know why they wouldn't help them fight, but what have you. Um, uh, Hangman was, and Matt Hardy, a little bit surprising, but it looks like the Matt Hardy is not going to be any part of the Dark Order. In fact, I think he might, at this point in time, it looks like he's going to probably eventually turn on private party and bring him butcher and the blade and the bunny. But um, that was good. The women's match was decent, but I didn't really care who won. Um, right. The, the tag team battle Royal was actually fantastic. You really weren't sure you thought once it was only death trial and jungle boy. I was like, there's no way they're going to have their two of their best lose to jungle boy in a battle Royal. So I wasn't too surprised with the loss. I, Were but you surprised that death triangle was in the match? Silicon Sea Valley. Well, here's the deal. Inquiring minds want to know because I. Well, call this is what the, this is what sucks about. No, they're not. That, this is what sucks about this situation, and it's my fault because I didn't update my picks. But the list that I saw only had the teams that I spoke of last week, not all those teams. So yes, it was a force, and I probably would have picked Death Tri Triangle too, but I didn't. And you know what? Could have, should have, would have, I guess, is what you're going to say. And you were the better man on Sunday, very much like Omega was the better man over Moxley. So congratulations. And we're tied going into WrestleMania. I'm a great the last two pay-per-views of WrestleMania season. Wow. I mean, we should just do this for the entire year, no? 
Yeah, we are doing it for the entire year. And the winner will get this Intercontinental Championship belt that is proudly displayed behind me. Wow. I hope you have that in a Husky size. I mean, I barely got it around my waist, so and I'm 250. Right <laughs> and it ain't going around mine then. Hey, man, you got to improvise. Yokozuna never had it around his waist, too, baby. It's all good. Like nah, let's put it around my thigh. It's like Nia, you'll be, you'll be the Nia Jax of high spots and she pops, bud. My hole. <laughs> my hole. Ooh, that's hot. You say that again. All on Blatchamania. There you go. I can't wait till Blatchamania gets a piece of that explosion, man. That's going <laughs> yeah. to be funny. But uh, so if you didn't see it, and we'll, we'll break it down for you real quick, Omega and Moxley – Picture a match, they cannot utilize any ropes, and it's all about exploding. And those explosions were really timed well. They look cool. Like, the explosions all throughout the entire match, other than mm-hmm. maybe one was a little early. Other than that, the explosions were great the entire time. And the last explosion was Moxley. The one thing that Kenny was building was this exploding barbed wire-wrapped baseball bat that explodes upon yeah. impact. And he hits him with that. And, but what the coolest spot, I don't know if you saw it, Kenny Omega hit the one winged angel about a couple minutes before the match was over. But it was right close to where the ropes would be with the barbed wire. So Moxley, instead yeah. of not kicking out, this spot was brilliant. Moxley kicks the rope to explode the mess. So basically exploding both men. So, yeah, he can yeah. kick, so he can get loose. So there was a lot of innovative things that happened in this match. It was a, such a brilliantly told, to, uh, told story. And then all this happens and leads up. And then, of course, Kingston comes out. And and what was funny, and, and Kelly Williams, tell me, I'll tell you, the production, other than the explosion, was great because they had a warning at five minutes before the match was over. There was a five-minute warning that it was going to explode. And it was the wildest countdown sound I ever heard in my life. And I was like, dude, that sounds scary. Yeah, it really, it really got you on your edge of your seat. Like, oh my god, what's gonna happen next? Like, what's going to happen? And then that, and then the Orange Cassidy pyro. Yeah, and that's the funny part. So yeah, it was the Orange Cassidy pyro before he was a big deal yet. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so anyway, um, then Kingston comes. So that was a great spot. So this match was brilliant. And so yeah. then Kingston. So then the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega they put him through another three. All right, it was one winged angel through the two chairs, explode, yep. pins Moxley for the three, and then they, they handcuff him, beat the shit out of him some more. They leave the ring with the countdown happening. And then, and so now we're like, whoa, you're on the edge of your seat here. What's going to happen? Kingston yep. comes out. Holy shit, is, Kingston's turning babyface. And I know I was one of the few people that knew it was happening, but that's because I'm, yep. I'm the Silicon one. And Kingston yep. comes down, and Kingston. I thought he did a great job with it until nothing happened. And then it was like, oh, my God, that's it? And it was such a letdown because they got you to that point. And you know what? It's a lot harder to get you to that point than actually nailing the finale. They just didn't. They they did this ridiculous, but they just didn't land the finish. And they blew it. And these guys are 69 each other. Yeah, but these guys are good enough. They did 69 each other. Quick 69 me, Don! Which was, was funny. That was probably Kenny Omega's best funny. live promo he's cut since, since Kenny Omega. Hilarious. That was <laughs> Hurry up, 69 me, Don! 
That's your that's your AEW world champion, everybody. And we found out he's going also probably going to be the Impact World Champion in about 100%. six weeks. Omega two hundred percent. And now everyone's saying he's going to go after Abushi because they both keep on are being monikered as God. If you have the two belts in New Japan, you're considered God. And obviously, gotcha. we heard Omega and Callis refer to Omega as God several times. So, so it was a great pay per view. Oh, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. But that's what it is. Yeah. No, it's cool. Hey, listen, it, it, it's live television and uh, anything can happen. And, and we, we saw that. And um, I'm glad Omega's still the champ. He's still the greatest wrestler in the world right now. Uh, I don't know what I think about seeing more of Eddie Kingston. And I'm actually a little bit concerned about seeing Eddie Kingston and Moxley. Is there any chance that they're going to beat the Good Brothers for the Impact Championships, the, the tag team belts right now? I was it for are they for the impact championships? I wasn't aware of it because it was I thought, the, um, I thought they were. I might be wrong, but I thought they were. Well, you know what? After you picking a team that I didn't even think was in the match, and I sounded like a condescending prick. If you look back at the tape, oh they're in the match, so whatever. Oh you're like, well, just in case they're in the match. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you know what's funny? During that moment, I was like thinking, I'm like, why would they have the Death Triangle going against a bunch of like, uh, you know, Ham and Eggers on the go away show before a pay per view unless they'd be in it? So, and then I'm like, that's money, like Ray Phoenix and, and Pac against the Young Bucks. I mean, uh, that's awesome. Well, there was a moment, and I know that you were kind of mocking my pick to the last, I don't know if you know who the final four were. I know you know the final three. So the, the the last, the one before the final three w- eliminated was my boy, John Silver. So uh, four left, and there was a moment where all four like, oh, who's it going to be? And you really thought for a second Silver at the very least would be one of the last three, but it was Jungle Boy instead, my boy Silver. And he got eliminated great. He kind of skipped over, and he was battling with Pac. And Pac mm-hmm. walked on the ropes and kicked his face. Mm-hmm. So he went, you know, and that's how he fell off the yeah. canvas. So I'm so impressed with uh, Ray Phoenix, too. Like, man, that guy. And even Penta, man. Like, these guys are just incredible. I and like, I, I, I am so thankful the fact that there is an AEW because I'm going to be just blatantly honest here. If Darby Allen, Penta, the Young Bucks, Death Triangle, whoever you want to say went to WWE, they would have been ruined ruined within the first four months almost no going back they would have been totally misused darby allen would have been some sort of emo kid occasionally maybe doing a skateboard trick and then jobbing out to the miz he, he would be on 205 live he wouldn't even be yeah honest. yeah you're probably right man and it just thank god uh, there's an alternative the only one that they didn't ruin in recent years was aj and they just let AJ go. AJ had enough clout. They yeah, showed uh, they humbled him early. They had him lose a couple of big matches. Jericho they lost to Jericho. Um, yeah. He lost to Roman Reigns. He lost. He lost a bunch of bit high yeah. profile matches early. He won a couple too, but he lost a lot. And then of course the Cena thing. So, but uh, yeah, it yeah. just it just goes to show you. That's why I don't get super excited when you bring up someone. Oh, I like this guy in NXT. I'm like. Ugh. Yeah, but there's that ceiling, that grass ring. By the way, I wanted to point this out, and I forget what the last time, what happened last time, too. But 
AEW took a, a broad swipe at WWE in this match for the, the ladder match, a great ladder match with Scorpio Sky and Darby Allen. Yeah. Or Scorpio Sky winning to face in Darby Allen. And it was a brass face ring. Of the they, announced, they, they announced it as a brass ring. And AEW homers were saying, no, 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 no. It was like Sonic. They were doing the Sonic thing. You had to grab the gold rings or the brass rings. No. Yeah, it's so it was, ridiculous. It was a smack in Vince McMahon's face. They took a time to have yes. one of their high-profile matches on a pay-per-view to make fun of Vince McMahon. Any way yep. you cut it. And by the way, I'm not saying they shouldn't, and I know a lot of people are good for them. Good. I'm glad they're making fun of Vince. Yeah, but it seems like every time they take a swipe at WWE at a, in a pay-per-view or a major event, I forget what the other one or two were, but it always seems like something bad happens to them. So AEW should just shut the fuck up about WWE a little bit. I mean, I love it. It's fun. I like when I, when talent does it. But when you, it's one thing if talent does it and they do it on one of their promos. But when you surround an actual gimmick match to smack the owner of or the now the the chairman of the other company, that's a little whatever. I mean, I get you're bitter. Some of you guys are bitter or whatever. But Vince McMahon needs that right now. I don't know. Um. Who cares about Vince's feelings? I don't I mean, think really, he gives a shit, point. by the way. No, he probably doesn't. But, like, here, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I, and, I, and I totally refrain from arguing with people in the comment section of Facebook. If it wasn't a brass ring, what would you have there instead? I mean, you could have anything there. Did you have, do you have to insult Vince McMahon? Should we put a briefcase in there and say number one contender with a contract? That's pretty original, right? Like, All right. What else would so, you hang so, so your point is, it has to be something completely different, even if it's disrespectful to your opponents, to your to WWE's owner, just to fuck with them. Disrespectful. No I, mean, I mean, Vince was, owns the term it? brass ring. I mean, he needs to get over himself. I mean, it's just it's a shot at him, but it's not like he owns it. I mean, I mean, LCM Punk made it more famous than than Vince. No, absolutely. But we know what the brass ring is. The brass ring is basically McMahon is full of shit when he tells talent to work their asses off. That's what the brass ring is. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But it's also, you know, reaching for the brass ring. And then, well, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Scorpio Sky didn't really do well against Darby Allen, even though he did sort of turn heel further and look to injure him, uh, Darby. So. I don't know where that's going to go at this point. I guess you're going to build up a little bit of feud there. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, well, this is going to be Scorpio Sky's shot. They've really been struggling to get him featured, and he's one of their most talented guys. So we'll see what happens. I think a heel turn yeah. is really good. And I'm, I'm glad they didn't have a thing where he turned on SCU and now they hate each other. You know what I mean? It's always that cliche thing. Oh, you got to turn one heel because they're a baby face. Can't they just not talk to each other anymore? You know? <laughs> Yeah, you know what's uh, they've done that they did that sort of twice on on Wednesday if if you if you look at it. Um SCU, you got Kazarian and Daniel sitting there, right? And they're just, you know, biding their time waiting to be the number one contender whatever the hell that is. I mean, and then um Scorpio Sky turns heel. And then also you have Pac and um Ray Phoenix who are sort of faces and then Penta is totally like a heel. I, I've, I haven't really ever seen anything like that, where it's like they're sort of having like faces and heels within the same like uh, factions, which is sort of intriguing. 
I think what they're doing is they have the personalities react to the personalities, and there's a lot of gray. Now, yes, there, and there are yeah. black and white cases. Obviously, Omega and Moxley, there's a bit that that was clear, and but even with Cody, a lot of times, if he'll make someone that he's wrestling the babyface, Cody will wrestle as the heel. He'll even take some heat from the from the face. Yeah. So you're right. It's a very yeah, yeah. weird dynamic, and it's a dynamic that has. How did Cody do that? I'm sorry. How was Cody in the ladder match with you seeing it? He was good. He was selling a a shoulder injury. He originally got with Shaq, and then he hurt it again in the match. So he was selling. So he was hurt the entire match. And at the end, yeah, yeah, okay, it, was okay. he, it was he and Scorpio at the end, and Scorpio was able to overpower him because he didn't have the previous injury. So that was that. I don't know where Cody goes from here right now. So what does Cody do? I guess he's going to feud with Penta. But what's that for? I mean, yeah, he's going to. I I don't know, man. I mean, he, he, I mean, you would say Penta's more talented wrestler than Cody, right? Bell to bell, yes. And actually, honestly, okay. if I spoke if I spoke Spanish and I can understand Spanish, maybe I think it would have promo because I didn't know what he was saying, but mm-hmm. it sounded great the other night when he was talking to the the Dark Order Spanish. Spanish, yeah. yeah the Sp- well, he's the, also part of the yeah. The Spanish guy, the Spanish translator, he was like pretty funny when he when he nailed the line about Cody's uh, unborn child. Unborn oh my gosh! Daughter. And you know, he's great. He he did it perfectly. Yeah. Oh yeah, Alex Abrahantes. He's really awesome. Actually, his name's Alex Abrahantes. I think that's how you say. That was like good. A, that was well played. Yeah, he did it like a manager. He didn't do it like a you know a bystander. <laughs> He didn't do it like Pento was like threatening his life. He's like, oh, see, I'll go and I'll say this. Stuff. I can't stand him either. Yeah, he said it with fervor, man. He was like, and yeah. in fact, you're a child. <laughs> oh, great. I forget, what, I forget what the line was. But he like he had like a yeah. scrim look on his face and he ran away too. It was funny. Yeah, that guy's really funny, man. You know how I know he's funny? Ow. He's on he watch Ely? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about it, cockerel. There you go. Take any gas. Take any gas station pills. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the hate you have. You know what was interesting? Being being the elite this week, I was a hundred percent certain. Yeah. This is important, Dick. Okay. I was a hundred percent certain they were going to probably mock the explosion and do whatever on being the elite, and, and they didn't touch it. They were cowards did. about it. No, they weren't cowards. You know what it was? They probably, they take things very seriously. And this is exactly why it was. They were like, fuck that. These, we all busted our asses, put our lives on the line and put a hell of a pay-per-view together. And everyone's talking about this explosion that didn't happen. That somebody, some guy who probably isn't anything to do with professional wrestling usually, fucked this up. And all this talent put all this shit into this. And everyone's talking about this non-explosion. So I think it was a fuck you to everybody who wanted to hear them do something about it because that's what they've always done. They've, they're they not cowards about it. They have always done that. That's why I thought they were going to do it. If something stupid or fucked up happens, they have always made fun of it on being the elite. And this time I think they were like, fuck that. We're going to put our people on display the way they should have been instead of people talking about this explosion that didn't happen. They're like, hey, Instead of like addressing the biggest story in wrestling right now, what we'll do is talk about gas station dick pills with gallows and then Duddy's 
is going to go and take out his, or Silicon Steve Valley is going to go take out his schwantz and then just start rubbing it all over the computer screen because Gals is out there talking about penis again. We'll talk about that instead of that non-explosion. That's, we're not cowards. We're heroes. That was 20 minutes of, I wish I could have got my life back. I actually watched it and I'm like, oh my God, this is painful. So awful. You know what? You're the fan that they want to fuck is, over. So you, you've you never given this I, show any chance, hardly any chances. You don't like it. You openly say you don't like it. So you watched it, it just to get the payoff and talk about this explosion you didn't get. And you didn't get it. So that they don't, they no, don't no. I, I, I literally, I got I got seven, seven to eight minutes of uh, Doc Gallows trying to make me laugh. And I, I, I'd rather go to Rikers Island and, and probably have some dude have his way with me at that point. How that would be more enter- that would be more entertaining if anything. What if it was Doc Gallows who is serving well, your asshole? He, he probably would need those gas station pills, and then that joke has gone full circle. I guess. I mean, they got the dinosaur guy gas station pills, and you know he's got to walk through the airport. And this is just comedy at its finest. I mean, this is what we're. I mean, can these guys just go back to Impact and you know not entertain anybody there? How about that for an idea? Uh, well, okay. I mean, truthfully, and and I'm a, I like Carl Anderson, but like honestly, what what do they do other than just be there and carry Kenny Omega's bags and just act like, hey, we're we're here with the champ? I mean, for I mean, just put the young bucks out there with them at this point. My God, what what am I missing with this genius show? Tell me. Oh, being the elite. Yeah, you're missing many serious details to storylines is what you're missing. Oh, yeah. The mask guy in Dark Order made a cocaine reference again. That was he's so he's so a skiing reference. Cocaine skiing. I got that. That's just great. Yeah. It's hilarious. So anyways, I was, I was laughing for nanoseconds on that one. So you so but no, let's get into this. You're, so you think they are cowards. That's a strong statement. So you think they're cowards. That's the reason they were afraid to make fun of it on being the elite. That's the reason you think um, let, I wouldn't concentrate on my use of the term cowards as saying they're not entertaining on that show. How about non-entertaining and boring? I'd rather say that about that show. Well, no, I'm not talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not talking about Gallows and Anderson. I get it. You don't like, or you don't like Gallows. Fine, that's fine, and that's fine. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's like, would you really like Andrew Dice Clay at this point in time in your life? You listen to him? Probably not. That's a terrible comparison. An awful leap. I and as a I matter of fact, it's, I, I, it's bottom I feeder would, humor. I, it's dick and fart humor. It's from the. It's, uh, it's in the same ballpark. It's all that he relies on. I mean, at least I'd get a nursery rhyme at Andrew Dice Clay. There was some sort of creativity there. All right. right well, well, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were such a mark for Andrew Dice Clay. So, okay, I get it. <laughs> if I'm a mark for Dice Clay, you are the biggest mark for Doc Gallows, and you should just go on a romantic weekend with him and just have him do whatever he'd like to you. I guarantee you, Doc Gallows is a lot more expensive on Cameo than Dice Clay at this point in time. I don't think either one of them are on there, but I guarantee you, know you Doc Gallows is much more in demand than Dice Clay ever was. Silicon Valley. Not, no, not, not ever was. Not ever was. Your birthday's in August, right? 
<clears throat> that's my shoot birthday. My work birth. My birth. My my uh, my work birthday is July the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I I might have to get in touch with Mr. Gallows and actually write some funny lines for him. I don't think he's on cameo. I actually almost had Tito Santana say something to you, but I because it's only twenty five bucks. I thought it'd be funny, but it's only twenty five bucks. You know, Tito Santana. I'm I'm going to ask him to. He has to introduce himself as Chico Santana, just for old time's sake. <laughs> What's I- ironic? I actually have something to talk to Tito Santana about. What's the Tito Santana story? You know the fir- you, you mean the uh, first guy to ever hold this championship? Yes. Ah. Was the first guy who ever held that championship. Uh, I have a. The story is this, and it's nothing amazing by any means. It's nothing like Doc Gallows related by any means. Uh, it basically revolves around my true career, like beyond this amazing wrestling gig that has made you and I both millionaires at this point. Um, I went to Houston to go to my mother office, if you will. And the one of the guys that was working there was is Tito Santana's nephew. And he and I totally hit it off. Uh, good guy, no longer works for the company, went elsewhere, I believe is still doing pretty well, but he and I hit it off. Like you wouldn't believe I was down there for two weeks. We had beers, uh, then following with another Christmas party and I got pretty drunk together. Decent guy. So yeah, if Tito Santana called me, he and I would be talking about his nephew. I would, why didn't you ever ask to get a little phone call with with Chico, Chico Santana. How <laughs> long ago was this? Uh, you're talking now. I've been there 15 years, so that would have been sort of tacky, I think. Uh, okay. If it was re- if it was recent, like, yeah, why don't you just FaceTime him? Do you have an iPhone? Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. It would have been a little different, but I, I'd be going to like a payphone or the hotel. Hey, Mr. Santana, I used to watch you wrestle at the Dunn Sports Center in Elizabeth. I used to have an Ariba sign. You remember that? <laughs> oh, I remember Ariba Santana, yeah. I saw a promo today. He was talking about getting the Intercontinental Championship back from Macho Man when he first lost it. But so I, I was actually I was actually a Tito Santana fan. I was a mark for him growing up. I liked him too. I he, yeah. I started not liking him. I started liking the heels a little bit more after mm-hmm. WrestleMania six or seven. Yeah. Um, that's when I started digging on some of the bad guys. I kind of liked Rick Martel when he turned on Tito. It was kind of weird, but, um, but anyway, let's get back to AEW here. So all that kind of went down. Everyone, all the other results, no titles changed hands actually uh, to my knowledge at all, which is interesting because usually a major pay-per-view to have at least one title change. hands. this can't happen. And nobody, nobody really turned heel yet. Nobody turned babyface. Actually, obviously, we turned. We saw the turn of Eddie Kingston. We have talking outside of what we already spoke about. Yeah. So nothing. And how about the other big news of the night? Christian Cage, and I think we both picked Christian last yeah. week. So it wasn't really a big surprise. Again, I don't know what people why people were shitting on it all over the internet. What did you guys want? Everyone's like, oh, it's not CM Punk. Fuck Christian. It's like, come on. Nah, I mean, listen, you and I were playing a game and tossing names around. I mean, as he's definitely was one of the names. Um, uh, what's in- interesting with him going there is that I'm going to leapfrog to 
the uh, I'm sorry, the Royal Rumble, where Christian and Edge had that hug moment. Yes, and it literally had some people, including myself, thought, "Oh wow, you know what? Like maybe they're going to go and have one like last hurrah." And it literally would ended up being goodbye. Yeah. And uh, that definitely was the end. <laughs> it was like a little bit of a a bow on the Attitude Era, and um, it wasn't something I necessarily expected when I first saw it. And so, you know, when Christian came out, I mean, Paul White tipped his hat. Hall of Fame worthy, which means he's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, and then what's weird is this: like Kurt Angle, like totally, like, like jumped on those coattails, and he's like doing promotional videos, and it's like he's lacing up his boots, and I'm like, I'm like, I guess it's Angle. Like, well, you know, I mean, he's definitely Hall of Fame worthy. Like, why can't he just shut the hell up? Like, let Christian have his moment. Why are you trying to deflect? Probably because Angle is going to sign with AEW sooner than later, and. He wanted to keep everyone guessing. You know, AEW does their very, very best to get people to either think differently or get them just not aware of what they're trying to do. So, and we're going to get into what we're talking about later with happens on Wednesday night. So, nothing earth-shattering. It was a good pay-per-view. It was a really good pay-per-view. It would have been a great pay-per-view if it didn't have the ending that we talked about. So, 